Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Trying to answer two questions this week on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We've bandied about the question, can Penn State win with Sean Clifford over and over and over again this offseason? So we're taking a new angle at that particular idea by looking at the last time he was successful, the last time Penn State was successful, which helps us to answer the real question, how does Penn State win next year? How do they get into a situation where they get back to where they were before COVID-19, before the pandemic and the last two seasons of subpar performance. So that's what we're doing today. Um, and if you want to check out more information from Blue White Illustrated, bluewhiteillustrated.com is the place to do it. And if you want to check out the previous episode, you can do it there. Uh, you can check out the article I posted over there because every video always ends up on, uh, every daily always ends up on uh, the website. And you can subscribe here on YouTube to check it out there. Of course, if you're listening on the podcast, what we're doing today is we're using PFF data like we did on Monday to give you, paint you a picture of the successes and failures of both teams, 2019 and 2021. And the reason we're using exclusively PFF data, and I'm not like going back and look, well, here's the scheme and here's this and that, is because it does a great job of eliminating all the gray area, all the yeah buts, and we just are looking at the production. Because that's what, in the end, we want is we want to find out what the production of the team was and where they were successful and where they struggled. So there's always mitigating circumstances. And we'll explain some of those with the data. But really what I'm saying is if you're listening on the podcast, and I know there's a bunch of you, if you want to check out the video this week, Mon uh, Monday's video, helpful with some of the, the diagrams and graphics. Today we're doing the same thing. We're going to do the same thing on Friday. So worthwhile, worth your time, I think, checking out uh, the YouTube channel and the YouTube videos if you're listening on the podcast. If you're already here on the YouTube channel and you're like, just get to it, okay. So just, that's all prefaced. So let's get into the, the conversation about the 2019 Penn State Nittany Lions, what they were good at and what they were bad at. And the first thing we're going to start is we're going to start up front because Penn State fans obviously know that in 2021, uh, the offensive line was terrible at everything. They weren't any good. They just couldn't do anything. 2019, they were immeasurably better. They were obviously better. Not everywhere. And this was actually surprising is that if you go back and look at 2019, they have almost the exact output in pass blocking. 2019, a 63.7 versus 2021, a 63.8. And by the way, a 60 is completely average. That is in the, in the PFF grading system. So this is a 60 is you're on the field, you're playing football. And the expected, you're doing what's expected of you. So both of these offensive lines in pass protection are doing slightly more than what's expected of them. So they're slightly better than being a negative on the team. And that right there, I think, is illuminating. That it's the same situation for Sean Clifford. In 2019, he was behind 
a relatively average offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. So Sean Clifford under pressure, which didn't really become part of the narrative until 2020, really when it was ingrained, and then last season, was in the same situation in his first year starting. But the difference here, this is the biggest difference. And it's another thing that when I say this, it's obvious. Penn State threw the ball way more in 2021. More was on his plate and therefore on the offensive line's plate. Let's just pause here and talk about true pass sets. True pass sets are situations where the offense can't use any sort of disguise to the passing play. Third and seven is a great opportunity to talk about true pass sets because no one believes you're going to do anything other than throw the football. So in these situations, Penn State in 2021 got into 218 of them. That's a lot, as compared to 2019, where they were in 142. So a significant increase. And because of that, they allowed 82 total pressures when Clifford had to throw the football. He's on an island in the pocket. He has to throw the football or he has to scramble. 82 pressures versus 50, a huge increase. So the true pass set situation was not good for Penn State in 2021 because of volume, not because of efficiency in the blocking. And that's really what I found most interesting because if you look at overall efficiency of the offensive line, and this is on a percentage base, 0 to 100, how efficient was the offensive line at blocking? 2021, they had 565 snaps that they had to pass block. 2019, 437, so over 100 less. In 2021, when they were bad, right? Remember, they were bad. An 86.6 efficiency grade. Anything below 90 and you're getting a situation where it's kind of a problem. 2019, it was an 87. It's almost like copy and paste. And that makes sense. Penn State had relatively similar players when it comes to the players on the offensive line. They had Rasheed Walker at left tackle both years. And if you want to, like, I didn't get into the individual players here for the most part along the offensive line. You can just copy and paste his performance from 2019 to 2021. We're not getting into the reasons why he didn't improve as a pass blocker. We're just evaluating that that was the same. And Penn State was an effective offense that put up points. 2021, same dude. Mike Miranda on the offensive line got marginally better and was the starter, but had relatively the same output when it came to total pressures, sacks, true pass sets, all that stuff. So that makes some sense, right? That similar players, similar output, but you're putting them in a situation where they're having to do more. Now, you might be saying, yeah, but uh, Caden Wallace isn't a, a right tackle. Well, Will Fries and Caden Wallace, if you look at the information again in individual granular detail, they're almost the same. It's just Caden Wallace was hung out to dry more often in his first full year starting than Will Fries was in 2019, where he was kind of the same football player. The same percentage of, of uh, pressure allowed, same number of sacks, true pass sets, all that in the same ballpark. So Penn State, working with relatively the same stuff in 2021, just had to do it more. And that is really, the I think, the, the groundwork of where you need to fix things for next season. Don't put so much on Sean Clifford's shoulders because you're putting more on the offensive line's shoulders. Caden Wallace looks more physically fit this year to play tackle than he did last year. He might have a higher upside at that position 
than uh, Will Fries did, who eventually moved to guard. He has an opportunity to be better this year. If he's working for the same baseline, that will improve. Olaf Ashanu is not Rashid Walker. So there's the variable for improvement there. And if not, as long as he's not a net negative, he's giving you the exact same thing as a redshirt freshman. You go to the interior of the line, Juice Scruggs is there at center. That's where some of the wild cards are from the guard and uh, for the guard and center position. But the tackles have the opportunity to be better in 2022. So you might have a better efficiency for the offensive line overall. Now, you can also paint a picture where it's not, and I understand that. And that's that's a projection in the positive from me for next season. So we're seeing that there. this is why I've been more optimistic about the offensive line than uh, I think most people have been, is because the talent up front is better than it was even in 2019. Now, there has to be some significant strides, some things have to work out, and I understand there's some ifs in there, but as the eternal optimist who every single season believed that his team for 20 years was going to get better in the NFL, you know, the ifs start, you just start to cross off the ifs. Okay, so let's get to the other parts of the team and where uh, we can find some comparisons because let's look at the surrounding cast at receiver. K.J. Hamler, second-round pick, very talented football player. He was seen, I think, as a speed demon, the number one threat on the offense, a deep ball maven. Jahan Dotson was just as good last season. Now, that does not help going forward because Jahan Dotson went 16th overall in the NFL draft. But if you look at, we're comparing 2021 to 2020, uh, 2019, relatively same production from the deep ball. Uh, and, and this is on me, honestly, for harping on Sean Clifford and his deep ball. It's fine. That wasn't the problem. Uh, the number of yards are relatively the same. Dotson, I'll roll this back here for a second if you're watching on YouTube. Seven touchdowns, relatively the same yards, number of catches. So that part, check, is good. And by the way, on the same number of targets. Intermediate routes, routes in the middle of the field from uh, up to 19 yards, 10 to 19 yards. John Dotson, admittedly more volume here because of all the passing, was a better target in the middle of the field. He had more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns, and it was a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, not as better, not as good after the catch as Hamler, but in terms of being able to snag those crazy passes over the middle, he was better in those situations. So Dotson and the receiving core in general was actually a little bit better in 2021. Keandre Lambert-Smith, despite his struggles with inconsistency, was a better deep threat, a number three better deep threat than any of the guys in 2019. Remember, Justin Shorter struggled in that area. Dan Chasina, the special teams gunner, eventually got reps outside. Jahan Dotson still, you know, a young player in the offense at that point. Daniel George, all these guys, they were cycling through number three receivers to try and find somebody to be a complement to K.J. Hamler. Eventually, they landed on Dotson later in the season, who produced, especially at the intermediate level. But Parker Washington is a better middle-of-the-field receiver than Dotson was that year. So, going forward, Penn State just needs to replicate what they got last year from Jahan Dotson. And there's a lot of opportunities. Underrated Harrison Wallace can be a part of that conversation. I think people are clearly have the spotlight on Malik Mega and on uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, who we saw here. Uh, we uh, talked about already, was better last season than I think some of the drops and inconsistencies 
painted him out to be. That's why he keeps getting opportunities is because when he does catch the ball and when he does focus throughout the play, he's a very dangerous football player. So Penn State is three deep at the receiver position. That's better than they were in 2019 when they had to find the number two guy. Okay, so the next group of players would be the tight ends if we're talking about receivers. And Pat Fryermuth, second-round pick, great football player uh, versus the very underwhelming Theo Johnson and Bretton Strange as the lead receivers. And that's why we're leaving Bretton Strange, or we're leaving uh, Tyler Warren out of this conversation for a little bit because we're combining the two lead receivers throughout most of the season with the one guy who did it in Pat Fryermuth. And it's kind of the same, again, from a production standpoint. Fryermuth is clearly the better football player here. But if we're talking about just production, intermediate routes, Pat Fryermuth, uh, a better, uh, basically the same thing. Three touchdowns is what really separates these two uh, groups, about the same number of yards and catches. Now, in the short area is where it was different. Fryermuth was more effective and more efficient uh, getting footballs and getting yards after the catch. 29 receptions, 290 yards, two touchdowns, 180 after the catch versus 97. Uh, and and about 10 less receptions from the tight ends in a short area. The problem is, and this is where the efficiency of last season was a problem. Fryermuth was moving the chains. He was the short route receiver that was getting those extra yards, moving sticks first down with the big play-action explosive passes, which that worked for that, that offense. Last season, Penn State threw the ball 114 times behind the line of scrimmage. This was supplementing their run game. Uh, in 2019, they threw that 58 times. So they're more efficient throwing the ball down the field more. It did lead to more boomer bust plays. It did lead to some quarters where they scored zero points, but Penn State had that in 2021 anyway. So that's the biggest difference, is the, the percentage of efficient targets was much higher behind the line of scrimmage, and players were not doing as much after the catch in underneath coverage to make plays for the offense. So it's all on Clifford. Even the short passes, even those bubble screens where he's throwing the ball uh, out there, he's got to make the decision, throw the ball accurately on time, all those things, which just when you make that mistake by volume, you're going to make a couple mistakes, that leads to more inefficiency. So next season, Penn State needs to be more efficient in their passing game. They can't beat their head on the wall of short and behind the line of scrimmage passes because that leads to a lack of explosiveness in the passing game, even if you're supplementing with some good deep routes and some good deep receivers. Now, here's the biggest difference between the two teams. And you know this. I know this. Everyone knows this. It's the run game. The run game in 2021 was far superior. So Penn State's offensive line, despite having relatively the same kind of athletes, was a more cohesive unit and was doing a better job getting good opportunities for the run game. 80.1 versus a 67.4. So Penn State's offensive line was average at everything last year, but they did have a strength in 2019. So improving the run game. Ad nauseum, we've talked about that. Up front, that's really a big focus over the last couple of years from Penn State, but it's not just that the uh, running backs were running free because of a good offensive line. They were getting better looks, but if you look at the, the rushing yards, yards after contact, yards before contact, which I'll tell you right now, 
their yards before contact, we find this here, um, they averaged about two yards per con after contact in 20, uh, before contact in 2019. So in 2019, they would run for two yards and then they would either break a tackle or go down. And in 2021, it was 1.89. So there's no difference. Basically, they were the same before contact. So despite the fact that it's a better offensive line, the real difference here is the running backs were more explosive. And again, that efficiency, this is really where the lack of efficiency has come from. And, and Nate Bauer and I have talked about this on the show repeatedly. 2019 and 84.7, this was the strength of the team. Sean Clifford was not leading the team in 2019. And 84.7 is getting towards, you know, very good PFF grades because it's hard to grade in the 90s as a running back. 2021, 73.2. So again, middle of the road. There was a lot of middle of the road things about the Penn State offense in 2021 20, uh, other than Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. So Sean Clifford by volume is getting the job done but the efficiency is gone because the running game is gone, and that doesn't open up play action at all. Penn State got to the point where teams didn't respect the run game enough that they didn't even play it. I can't even stress to you how crazy that is because defensive coordinators are very conservative. Despite everything that analytics says about you need to stop the deep passing game first, the number one priority of most defensive coordinators is to stop the run. And teams didn't really care about Penn State's running game because they could stop it with with their offense with their defensive line. They could uh, dedicate less players to doing that, and dedicate more players to the passing game to make life hard on Sean Clifford. So he's playing life on hard mode in 2021 versus 2019, where he had a run game, play action, everything was balanced. Last season, everything was out of balance, and this is the biggest difference between the two seasons is the explosive running by the running back 68 plays of 10 plus yards 44 in 2021 now the rushing totals are obvious almost a thousand more yards on the over a thousand more yards on the ground uh in 2019 2600 yards the team was led by journey brown and noah kane noah kane injured Kevon lee not explosive no running back that can get rushing yards after contact 1700 yards after contact in 2019 that's where all of the hidden yardage was three and a half yards on average after contact versus 2.2 which is i fall forward that is that is that is exactly what that is. I fall to the ground after I'm con after somebody hits me, and we got three yards. Maybe you get four on that particular play. So they got two before, and two after. They're averaging four yards a carry, which is not efficient enough. They averaged six point nine yards a carry in 2019. So getting a semblance of a ground game. It doesn't even have to be that good because I think the Penn State passing attack can be better with Sean Clifford. And I know that you're already probably Xing out of the window or closing down this podcast when I say that. It can be better. There are more threats on the field. They have a better balance this year, theoretically, with their running backs and their offensive line. All those things are possible as long as somebody hits a couple big plays. Penn State, again, I'm going to give you this, 44 explosive runs. And that's not even touchdowns. That's just runs of 10 yards. They had 68 in 2019. Journey Brown's longest run was 85 yards. I don't think 
there was anything over 49 for Kevon Lee. It's somewhere in the 40 to 50 yard run. Touchdowns, I'm not going to say easy plays, but like easy for the quarterback that he hands the ball off and somebody goes 63 yards for a touchdown. They didn't have any of that last year. So getting that part, just the explosive plays back into the offense from the run game, if Nick Singleton provides only that, this team could be more successful on offense because the passing game can use more play action. You're not throwing into as many difficult coverages and you're probably in less third and sevens. You're probably in less third and desperates and the quarterback doesn't have to do all the work. All of that stuff is possible with a recalibra recalibration on the ground. And that is the biggest question going into 2022. And it's not really Sean Clifford. And by the way, none of these young quarterbacks that are behind him are going to elevate the team because that's what you would need if you don't have a run game is you need to threaten so much in the passing game that you can do whatever you want on the ground. It's, it's an afterthought. Unless there is some hidden superstar, and I know that's what everyone assumes is going to happen, that likelihood is so low. That is not the bet you want to make. Sean Clifford operating the offense, having a better supporting cast. The talent is better this year. That is where you are heading into 2022. So I hope that that gives you some clarity on the situation and the biggest differences uh, and the similarities, too, between the two seasons of it was not such a drastically worse offense last season. There was just some critical problems which we covered throughout the season, and those have the opportunity to be better this year. So we'll take a look at the other key part of 2019 that is going to be maybe the biggest difference heading into next season. That's the defense. That's coming up on Friday. The BWI Mailbag coming up tomorrow with Nate Bauer. I'm your host, Thomas Rankar. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. You hit the like button so you don't miss any of that from Blue White Illustrated. <laughs>